As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is Conversations with People Promoting Mental Health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Depth Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. On this episode of The Deb Show, we're talking about resilience. And this is kind of one of the, what came first, the chicken or the egg, because so Howard and I know each other through our Tuesday night passion-based networking. And I said, Howard, what do you want to talk about? And resilience. So here we go. And he introduced me to Mindy Corcoran, and she has a story. I'll just put it that way. Um, and both of them have faced numerous challenges, like beyond. And resilience, and we look at resilience and we think, resilience, okay, what is resilience? We're, we're getting through, we're facing challenges, we're just tunneling. And I think given everybody's like background, resilience means so many different things to so many different people. So I have brought these two awesome individuals who basically personify resilience to join us today. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And so Howard, we're going to start with you. Deborah, I'm so happy to, uh, to be here and to participate with you. And um, I love our passion, uh, you know, mastermind group that we, we meet with on Tuesday nights as well. So I'm Howard Brown. Uh, I'm a, a serial tech entrepreneur. I'm a husband. I'm a dad to a rising junior at the University of Michigan. And I am also a two-time stage four uh, cancer survivor and uh, cancer advocate. Uh, in uh, 1989, I was diagnosed with stage four E non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a bone marrow transplant from my twin sister. Thank God saved my life. Roll the clock forward. Uh, 26 years, I was diagnosed after a 50-year-old colonoscopy with stage three, which turned into metastatic stage four colon cancer with some lots of chemo, some radical surgeries uh, where they put hot chemo in me uh, to kill microcell chemo and debulk all the other uh, cancer inside my uh, abdomen and pelvis. Um, I am living and breathing and grateful. And we are grateful as well. Thank you. And, and Mindy, and this is really funny because you and Howard know each other, but you don't know each other. Correct. We know each other's stories. We um, So, Deborah, thank you also for having me on. And actually, I should thank Howard, too, because you told Howard that he could invite a, a guest, a friend. And so it's invite a friend, and I'm the friend. So bring, bring a friend to the podcast day. Um, and exactly so Howard, it is. Yeah, so Howard and I are linked by our publisher. So our publisher is Front Edge Publishing, and I 
have and am so enamored by Front Edge Publishing. I was very pleased and blessed to meet them in um, the fall of 2020. And I was introduced to them by Bill Timaeus, who is also an author um, with them because of a podcast. So that's how I met Front Edge Publishing. And so that's how Howard and I met. Um, Deb, so you wanted me to introduce myself. Okay, well, I am a mom of two boys and um, my older son, Reet Griffin Underwood, was murdered in 2014 uh, at the same time as my father. So I lost my father and my son in a uh, domestic terrorism murder at the Jewish Community Center in Overland Park, Kansas. And there will be more on that later, but I'm also the mom of Lucas, and he is um, a rising sophomore at the University of Arkansas. And so um, I'm blessed uh, with my boys, and I live in Florida now. We were in Kansas City at the time, the murders, and now we live in South Florida. And we is my husband, um, Len, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and he and I have stayed stayed married. I know many, many people ask me that. It, um, that is part of being resilient is, um, working on staying married, which has been great and important all at the same time. And so, um, I'm a daughter and I'm a sister. I, um, was a founder and CEO of a wealth management firm, which I'm so proud of. And I had thought that I would retire, um, running that firm. I thought that would be what I would be doing. But since 2014, my entire life has completely changed. And one thing that I'm doing now that is a big piece of resilience is I'm opening a company called Workplace Healing. And um, it's it's going to be a um, software as a service model. And we're going to, pardon me, we're going to integrate uh, employees back into the workplace by training their managers how to do so. So that's what I do. Wow. Awesome. I mean, not your story. I mean, the fact, the good (laughs) that that comes out of it, because I think, and and as I was mentioning up at the front, we've all had to be more resilient than normal, whatever normal is over the last four years. We've had to be creative, make up our own rules. um, And people have had varying levels of experience over the last year. Some people had great years. Some people had terrible years. Most people had somewhere in the middle. But the topic of resilience, you can't think of the last 16, 17 months and not think resilience because the way that we've done everything pretty much has changed. But but let's start with the softball, which is what to you is resilience? And I'm going to let Howard talk first. Sure. So there, there's... This is really so many definitions to resilience, but um, if you do a Google search on it, um, recovering quickly, toughness, springing back, um, getting knocked down, getting up up again, um, adapting in the face of adversity, stress, trauma. It doesn't have to be trauma. Uh, We're all in this COVID world and just just growing up and and in this digital quick time have to be resilient of one uh, flavor or another. And so uh, it, it's really important. So um, just getting out of bed in the morning, <clears throat> as some of my and myself and cancer patients struggle with every day, that's a major resilient accomplishment uh, to get out of bed every day. So um, I like to define it as your get up and go. And I want to also say that it's within you and you can actually, you know, it's, it's, it's part of your nature, but it also you know, needs to be nurtured. You can be worked on. You can develop it. You can grow it. And um, it's, it's really important to develop that mindset um, of resilience because uh, as you being the, uh, the queen of, uh, of goal setting and achievement, um, that's the end result is, is, is sticking to it and making those goals and, and achieving them, the big ones and the little ones. Well, well and thank you for that. And, and it's true. It's a matter of seeing the big picture and knowing that, Things might be awful, but they don't always have to be awful, right? I agree. And so uh, just an add on to that is that uh, I think that um, in difficult times, it's it's very difficult to find that ray, rainbow, that ray of sunshine, that uh, ability to see it. 
um, sometimes you get blinded by it. It can get dark. And um, that's where that resilience and, you know, whether it's, um, you know, taking a walk and f- seeing a butterfly or, or finding some goodness that actually can get you through that moment in time and move it forward. And um, it's uh, it's not easy. I don't want to actually say it's easy, but it, it, it needs to be. And uh, you need to be motivated. And sometimes just getting that motivation is hard. Um, it's uh, I have to tell you that, uh, you know, um, we lost a 13 year old stage four colon cancer patient. And you live in the stage four cancer world. You you visit death a lot. And most of the people that I went through treatment with are either on treatment for life or many of them aren't living right now. And um, I am very grateful. And that part of that keeps me going. It fuels me to, uh, you know, help others advocate on behalf of uh, those who cannot and, uh, and keep, keep up the good fight. Well, I'm certainly glad that you're here <laughs> to, to be too. able to share this. Uh, so, Mindy, resilience. I mean, yes. like I said before, you two are like the poster kids for resilience from your different levels of experience. So how, what is your definition? Well, first, I'm going to say that I love butterflies and I know it's going to be upside down, but I'm going to show you my butterfly tattoo. Wow. We did not plan that. That wasn't planned. No, no. Oh my God. It's hard to show it. It's hard to show it upside down. No, we can see it. Okay, good. So you said butterfly and I was like, ah, so I get messages every day. And Howard, you were my message today because you had no idea how important butterflies were and you talked about that. And so thank you for that message. Uh Yeah, it's all about, to me, that leads right into resilience. It's about, um, you know, looking for that step forward. What What is that step? And exactly as Howard said, in the deepest, deepest, deepest grief and sorrow and and it affects your body. You know, I, I have never had cancer, so I don't, I can only imagine what that is like, but grief, I can talk about that and sorrow and it affects your, you physically and mentally, and it debilitates you. It can debilitate you um, for a period of time. And to be resilient is to say to yourself, I'm going to take a shower today. And then when you do it, being proud of yourself that you did that like that you did accomplish it because, because you need to, like Howard said, nurture the resilience. Um, I remember the day I said, I'm going to walk to the mailbox today. I'm not going to wait on someone else to bring me the mail. I'm actually going to walk to the mailbox. And that was a huge step forward. And then when I got back, I sat down and I said, okay, that was good. You know, that was good. So I, it's so important to set a goal and realize that, um, that you can achieve it in, in those baby steps. And then other things that I did were um, that helped me. I think what helped me be resilient is to um, feel the pain when it hit me, feel it, live in it and know that at some point I had to learn this, that at some point that pain will wash through me and um, the tears will stop at some point. They will subside long enough for me to breathe long enough for me to eat a piece of strawberry rhubarb pie, Reet's favorite pie, you know, to um, have fried pickles because my dad loved fried pickles, you know, so you just, you, you learn it. It doesn't mean that I like it. In fact, when I know that grief is coming, I get, I still get anxious and I still get upset and I don't, I don't want it to come, but I know in my head, okay, it's going to come. I have to let it come. It's going to wash through me. And then I'm going to take those steps forward. And to me, understanding that that is a pattern and, and it's normal and that um, hurting is normal and struggling to find joy is normal. When you realize all of that, um, that's very helpful to continue being resilient. Wow. Amazing. And the fact that, that because a lot of people who go through trauma cannot share the trauma. So I, you know, extra gold stars and butterflies for <laughs> being able to articulate it because you never, we did a, we did an episode on storytelling back in April. And one of the messages were, if you can tell your story, tell your story because you never know who it's going to reach and you never know who needs to hear that. So for all the people who are, I'll speak for all the people you never hear from, 
I am sure you're helping many, many, many more people than you can ever imagine by, by being able to articulate as you did just now. So thank you for that. Thank you. So why, let, let's, let's turn it to the age of now. Why is, why does being resilient matter? Why is it more important than ever? Because, you know, it's really funny because, you know, something I have like, something annoys me. This is my method. I'm like, I could be annoyed for like two minutes. That's like the limit. Because when I look at the general scheme of things of what everybody else is going through, it's like nothing. But for some people, those lit, what you would consider little is huge for them. So why does being resilient matter so much now, but all the time? Do you want to start this one, Mindy? Sure. What I initially thought of is why does it matter now? And there are two things that came to mind quickly. The sun keeps coming up. The sun keeps coming up and it's it's always a good day to find some resilience because the sun keeps coming up. And I learned that when a friend of mine was killed in a car accident when I was 16 and I didn't want the world to go on. I didn't want the sun to come up and I was so angry that the sun came up and I learned that that's what it was going to be like. And um, and then when my dad and son Reed were murdered, I rem- I thought to myself, that sun's going to come up. I was going to say an explicitive, but I don't know if that's okay live. So that sun came up <laughs> and you. I didn't um, want it to, but I knew that it was going to. And I said to myself, okay, it's going to come up. So what are you going to do about it? And then the other reason that it's now, you know, why, why would we be resilient is who do we have to live for? And I know Howard mentioned um, a family, you know, family members and children specifically. And I am a mom. I'm still a mom. Um, I'm still a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a wife. Um, I have ideas. You know, I still have great ideas. And the ideas that I have now are um, generated from the fact that I had such sorrow and grief. So that was so impactful. And um, I feel like I have a responsibility to carry on the legacies of my dad and son. So I feel that's how I feel about it. I feel like I, I need to get up and go. I need to get up and go because I've got to carry on. I want to carry on their legacy and, um, and be able to speak on behalf of them because they can't. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Mindy said, and, uh, but I will tell you that we're coming out of a real curveball. Okay. So people have had to face uh, COVID-19 and we are now, uh, you know, in a world of uh, the land of the beauty and free, we were got restrictions. And so uh, COVID allowed us to lock, lock down and we, we actually have a, changed our workflows. We're doing Zooms and podcasts and uh, and digital and, and we didn't get to hug. That actually was the biggest thing I missed. You didn't get to hug. I saw my mom for the first time in 15 months. And boy, that was probably one of the best, most endearing hugs. I held it for like five minutes. She's like, she, she didn't want to let go. And I didn't want to let go. And, 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 you know, these are the things that you have to appreciate. And so um, I think that why now is that uh, we've all actually either knowingly or unknowingly actually counted on some type of resilience um, during this time. And so every, everyone's had to taste it. And so where do we go from here, right? Are you working hybrid? Is there no long two-hour commutes now? Um, you, you can hug your, you know, your, your mom. Um, you get to do things, but we're doing them slightly differently. All that is part of what I call the discipline. And so the discipline needs to include positivity, right? It has to be optimistic, you know, you can, you can, you know, as you said, you can actually be mad for two minutes and sometimes you can be mad for the whole day, but at the end of the day, it becomes unproductive. Okay. And things get dark and depressive, but if, if you're not looking forward, you know, you can actually stay in neutral and, or, or actually go in reverse. And, and they're, they're, those step backs are learning opportunities, but most people want to move forward. Most people want goals. Most people want positive change in their, their lives in order to do that. You wouldn't run a marathon tomorrow unless you trained. It takes training. You need to train your mind, body, and soul to move forward. And that just doesn't happen. If you don't wave a magic wand, you have to work on it and, um, and build it up and stick to it and be accountable. And 
that is all part of your goal plan, Deb, that you follow judiciously and you get to the finish line. So that's why resilience is so important core to achievement and goal setting and goal making. So you're a goal maker, a goal breaker, right? I love how you keep saying my favorite word. Yes, it's all about the goals, but knowing in, in, you know, in the Deb method, the first step is visualization, which you both kind of touched on, kind of definitely touched on, is you have to see things being different. And once you're able to see things being different, you can work toward it. And the, the visualization of the butterfly, the hope, whatever, whatever hope thing. I, I also liked what Minnie was talking before about, you know, my goal was to make it to the mailbox. You know, you get like seven gold stars for walking to the mailbox because that's what you need to do for yourself, right? You need to look not just, and, and even now I, I'm in LA, we, we had no masks. Now we have masks again. You know, it's just, and I don't think, I think we're going to be going back and forth for a while is my, but I've been predicting that for a while. Anyway, um, the way things are, the way things are changing, I don't think we're going to have anything consistent for at least another six months, year, whatever. So this resilience thing, we're, we're still in it. I think. I would agree. I would agree that we still, we, we need resilience. So what everyone learned, I, I've talked about this previously, uh, not on your podcast, but previously is what everyone learned in April <clears throat> specifically of 2020 is what um, Howard and I already knew. We knew that life can change on a dime. We know that things can be taken from you. We know that your life can come to a crashing halt with one word, cancer, you know, two more words, stage four, you know, uh, I came upon my dad and son in the parking lot and my life completely shattered. And so I knew what that was like. Well, when COVID happened and it was April now, and that's when they were murdered, they were murdered in April of 2014. And I, and I wrote about this. I said, you know, it's interesting collectively, everyone is grieving. And, and while everyone's grieving, they're not grieving. Well, why? for the same reason that I'm grieving, but I can feel everyone grieving. And it actually selfishly was comforting to know that more people might understand even a tiny bit, the grief that I felt that my, that my life was taken from me, that memories that should happen were just taken. I, I just ripped away parenting a son ripped away, being a daughter to my dad ripped away. And so I had to, I had to push through that. And that was one thing I wanted to share that when you all were both talking, I thought, you know, I need to mention it's not always pretty and fun. And we're talking and laughing about it. I'm seven years out. Um, I talk about the the murders often. That's how I was able to write the book. Uh, but I pushed through grief. A pastor said that to me. He said, I see you pushing through grief. And he gave me that as a definition. I, made myself go to the um, high school and clean out my son's locker. So my husband and I did that. A friend offered to do it. And I said, no, I'm going to do it. I went to every single event that the high school held on behalf of him. You know, I went to every vigil. I just, I did. I pushed and pushed. And, and Deb, it was ugly. It was ugly. I was crying all the time. I wore absolutely no makeup for two and a half years. I wore no eye makeup whatsoever because I never knew when I was going to cry. But what I want to tell people is, as I pushed through it, I, and I, I learned that the tears would end at some point. I learned that I could feel better. I learned that I could feel messages and be blessed by messages like a butterfly or someone saying the word butterfly. Um, so those are things that that I did to to um, to find resilience. But I don't want to make it sound like oh, it's all happy and gleeful. You know, I'm sure Howard's got stories about how messy it is to have stage four cancer. That's got to be a very messy process. I, I do. And but I, I also um, I'm not trying to be defined by it because I have a whole life just like you do. Sister, daughter, uh, you know, had a, had a brokerage firm or a wealth management firm and and there's more to come. Right. And so uh, I want to say, Mindy, that you you hit, uh, you know, to getting, you know, getting through grief or uh, I'm going to I'm going to hold up a book in a second called Bounce, which is Living the Resilient Life by Robert Wicks that I've read. And um, 
he calls it navigating the rough waters. I want to tell people out there, it's okay not to be okay. That's just the time that we live in right now, emotionally, um, physically, financially. Um, you know, there's just lots of challenges out there that we have to face. Now, um, again, how and what you're going to do about it is the game plan, the blueprint to, to move things forward to get them to where you want them to be and show momentum, right? They always talk about momentum. Are you moving forward? And so in our household, which I have to tell you that uh, my wife, uh, my caregiver for cancer two, and my mom for cancer giver one, as I was 23 and a half years old, hardest job in the world because they get the crap. Well, my job is healing. Okay. But their job is everything else. And to have a daughter go through high school, not knowing if dad is going to live or die, it's, it's pretty intense. And so you, you need time to recover. She, we're all still recovering. It's still fairly raw. And I don't think we'll all be fully recovered, but if we can get to 90%, we're carrying on and we're going to carry that carry on strong and we're going to help others. And that that's really important to understand that it's okay, that we're not okay right now. Um, and we'll, but you, but if you can, summon the strength to, to, you know, step forward and get to that mailbox. Cause I had that same goal after surgeries, just getting to mailbox and, and then the dog would take me a few steps further. And um, those, those are important because healing is a process and it doesn't usually happen overnight. But for me, my long-term goal or the big hairy goal, the BHAG, I needed to get back on the basketball court. It wasn't a choice. Basketball is my happy place. And in order for me to get back on my happy place, that took work. It took a plan. It took meeting goals. It took building my stamina and strength. And I can very happy to tell you, I am back on the basketball court after not playing indoors. And I am playing outdoors three days a week. And although although I'm 55 and I can't play, you know, as young as I am, I can knock that three pointer down and I can play a whole bunch of games. And I, I, I don't feel like a cancer patient on there. I'm one of the boys trash talking and getting trash talked. And um, that's resilience. And that mental toughness and that physical toughness got me to that point, because I can tell you, roll the clock back three years, there's no way I could step on a basketball court after all the chemo and uh, surgeries I had and before radiation and things like that. Wow. Celebrate. Okay. So first of all, here's your gold star. Cause I know, um, I know you've been angling for it, Yes. but, but and even though it's an understatement to say both of your cases are extreme cases of resilience, it is important to celebrate any and all wins whether it is getting mail or playing basketball or hugging your mom. I mean, all these different things. So for those, and I, and Chad chimed in and I'm going to repeat what he said, uh, inspiring conversation. One of my favorite themes so far is that it's okay not to be okay. And I think that is really, thank you, Chad, for that. The crux of resilience, knowing it's okay not to be okay. But I think the step knowing that maybe you will not not be okay forever is what the resilience is. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, you can overcome it and you and you can surpass it. But as Howard said, it's a process. So healing is a process. Being resilient is a process. Um, I've heard it called a muscle. You know, it's a muscle that we that we can um, work at and practice and um, make stronger. That we can make re- ourselves more resilient. Uh, but we also need help from the outside. Uh, you know, Howard mentioned his caregivers and I would mention, you know, my husband and my and my son. But I would also mention I read I wrote an entire chapter on all the people, as many as I could get stories in about the people that came alongside us. And so I would encourage um, someone who's looking to be resilient and they're feeling tired and they're they're exhausted and they feel like they're in the middle of it. And it's a, it's an ugly place. They are right now. They, they do need to look for support on the outside and whether that's professional support, a professional counselor, whether that's, you know, somebody like you, Deb, they can help them with goal setting, whether that's, you know, a synagogue or a church or a mosque, a faith place, but they, they definitely need to um, say yes to support. And so often I know females, I don't know about men in particular all the time, but I know women, we tend to think we don't need to ask for help. We're supposed to be able to do everything, fry it up in a pan, the whole thing that I grew up with, you know, I've got to be able to go to work. I got to go home and cook dinner and the whole thing. And, um, and that was hard. And so when um, people came to help me, I said, yes, 
They said, what, you know, can I help you? Can I mow your lawn? Yes. Can I walk your dog? Yes. And I welcomed that. So I just, I wanted to throw that out there as well. Say yes to help. I'm also going to put the link in the chat to um, my, it's right on online, which is my support group. It's for goal setting accountability, but most importantly for community. So if you need someone cheering you on, join us or, or come to Goal Chat on Sunday nights. Or if you just need to be like, when I say, what are your goals for the week? You can say, my goal is to be more resilient, is to find support, is to have a conversation. It's, it's a forum where people who need connection can find their people. So I, I'm really glad that you said that. I think, it, and that's really when I, at the beginning, before it was for writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs, just for writers, the, the live group I had were writers who said, no one in my family gets me. Um, I'm glad you're here. You need to find the people who get you. And if you can't, you have us. And we will get you and we will we will push you forward. And also, I think the people who've supported you. So how have you celebrated your champions going? Uh, so Howard or Mindy, if you want to go first on this. Well, I wrote about many of them and they all got a book. <laughs> they all got a, they all got, they all got written up in a book that's published. And so, um, but I did, I said, thank you. And we sent thank you notes. And I, um, I, and I try to remember them and honor them when I pay it forward as well. So I try to pay it forward um, for what they did. So, so one story I have in particular is a woman walked in, you know, within a few days of the murders and people were coming and going from her house and she brought this huge box of paper products. And I remember looking at it going, what am I going to do with all this toilet paper? Why do I have all of this um, paper towel? What am I going to do with all this plasticware and these paper plates? Deborah, we used every bit of it. She knew what she was doing. And so to, to honor what she did for me, I talk about it live. And I, and I also do that now. So when someone has an event happen in their life, it's, I'd say take paper products because when people start coming your, to your home, you're likely going to run out of toilet paper or you're going to need um, plasticware. You're going to need uh, paper plates or plastic plates. or So you, I think you pay it forward and, and you, you thank them and you pay it forward at the same time. I, I, I want before I go on the champions, I just want to go back to because you said, you know, moms do do it all and women are way smarter than us guys. We tend to be macho, not share our emotions. And uh, we want to hang out with the clicker and the ball game in the man cave uh, or out on the golf course or, or, or something like that. Uh, so um, friends of mine, uh, Trevor Maxwell, uh, started Man Up for Cancer. And this is the place for men to let their guard down. And it's all private. It's a private Facebook. And uh, it, it allows us to kind of be a, a little bit of a, a fraternity, but support each other and uh, and talk confidentially as the guys. And um, you'd be amazed that there, there needs to be a place for that. Um, I do a lot of uh, coaching, mentoring, or I call it cancer whispering, um, not only for, for cancer patients, but also for uh, startup businesses and entrepreneurs at Babson College. And resilience is really important. How are you going to face those roadblocks? You're going to go over it. You're going to go around it. You're going to go in reverse and find a new route. I mean, you need to, to plan for all that. And it, it, it's, it's really important to understand that. And so um, I developed, uh, you know, some of these little acronyms and um, like, um, what is my aid? So just like the butterfly that, that Mindy showed us, my attitude, my imagination and my determination. What's my aid today? Where, where, where am I taking my attitude, my imagination and, and, and my determination today? And um, it's just something that pops in and, and it just gets me straight. But in order to thank my uh, people uh, in my book, In Shining Brother, you'll be due out in the fall, hopefully October. Um, it's really hard to thank uh, the caregivers uh, because they just it's, it's a thankless job. Um, and uh, the amount of stuff that they had to do, it's the crap. But there are so many other people that prayed for me that brought us meals, that took my daughter to soccer on weekend trips, uh, that would travel soccer, that did so many good and kind things in my time in need. And uh, one in particular that I had trouble with, and I got over it, let me tell you. But my uh, high school friend, Bobby Powell, actually uh, went to my college buddies who know each other from Babson College. And he said, why let all this financial stuff, you know, cause more headaches for your family? They started to GoFundMe for me. And quite frankly, most GoFundMe's they get a few thousand dollars. 
my worldwide network got $108,000 that paid for medical bills. Let me just tell you, that's one way of giving and that's one way of paying it forward. And I am grateful because uh, that helped a lot. And um, I, I had trouble accepting that. And you have to be selfish and take it as Mindy uh, so eloquently said, take the help when you need it. And um, and I did. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. So um, just two other champions is that um, when you have someone OK, train for the Lake Placid Triathlon and put your name, H.B. Strong, on their bib, as my friend, high school friend Andy Wheeler did, and run a triathlon in my honor and raise funds that uh, can go to help others. That is a very high honor. And I had my friend uh, and college roommate Ed Scher run the Boston Marathon and raised thirty seven thousand dollars. And I had my friend David DeContour run the Pan Mass Challenge for Dana Farber, a bike race, and their team raised sixty one thousand dollars. And they wore you know, my HB strong. Okay. HB strong <laughs> shirts. And they uh, honored me by that. They honored me by that. And I, I can't repay that. I am so grateful and so happy that they did that. And uh, in, in my honor, and um, it's, it was beautiful. That is beautiful. So it's, I, it's such the extreme. How do you honor people? Money, paper products. I think yeah. being the champion, you're you're being when you need to be resilient, you are being a champion for yourself and for those around you, and then they're champions back for you. I think when you the this is what I'm hearing is you know the love bond, the support bond, the just that energy, that really good energy, because I'm I'm a huge fan of the power of prayer. It works. I know this from experience too. And I think th these are great stories and the fact that you continue to share the stories and send that good energy out in the world is helpful as well. And the lead into this next question was better like two tangents ago, but that's okay, we're all good with this. What can people do to develop resilience? Because it's not, um, I, I believe that when you go through trauma and you find the strength, that's one thing, but there have to be things people can do to develop resilience. Yes. Yes. What do you think? And so Howard, why don't you start us? I'd be glad to. So I'm going to hold this up and uh, we'll be able to do this, but this is a book called bounce. Okay. And this is by Robert Wicks and he's written a lot of books. Um, and this book right here, it tells you how to actually get and navigate the rough waters and through renewal and get a hopeful heart. And he takes you through some of those steps. So if you need a book, I highly recommend that one. Um, there's lots of motivational books out there and plenty of resource out there. But I, I think the first step comes with awareness. Yeah, you, you got to recognize where you're at and you want to recognize and where you go. And part of that is you have to summon some confidence and belief in yourself called mindfulness and that comes with, you know, self-care and, 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 and nurturing. You got to put a plan together, have those goals, make them be little baby steps at first and uh, celebrate that success. And uh, that will give you a purpose and that purpose and that purpose with positivity. And again, listen, I'm not being Pollyanna. This there's hard days. OK, for certain resilience. Right. There's hard days. But small bites get through it and keep you know, powering forward. And um, then positivity and, and results come and change comes. And it puts us together on a podcast where you get three you know, pretty amazing uh, people being able to try to help others. Well, and that's really the purpose of anything. And, and when, and you know this because we, well, people who've listened to more than one show of mine also know this. It starts with, with who you are, what you want, but what is your mission? What do you want to bestow upon the world? Because that gives the fuel behind your purpose. I said that backwards. How many purpose is the fuel behind whatever it is that you do? So my purpose is to help people figure out what they want and how to get it. And yes, baby steps, stay positive, set those goals and celebrate everything. Absolutely. Sometimes even the littlest success will make all the difference but you have to the awareness as the first step I think is absolutely huge see where you yeah. are 
where you want to go and then what you need to do to get there and with a positive attitude. So I love that. I, I'll just add one thing for my daughter or you just have your daughter say, hey, dad, get busy living. Well, just get busy living. You know, that's the simple thing that, uh, you know, you get okay. busy living because the other option isn't really an option. So, Mindy, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> uh, what are some of the steps that you'd recommend? Yeah. So um, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about um, on a logistical standpoint, what I did was to become aware. I journaled. So I was thinking ah. I always say to people, I journal mm-hmm. a lot and 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 I could use the word I wrote it down. You know, I wrote down when I was angry. I wrote down when I was sad. I wrote down what I wanted to say to my son that I couldn't. I wrote down words to my dad. I I wrote, just wrote and wrote and wrote. And so if someone doesn't know how to become aware, write down what you're thinking. Because I love that you have this, this man cancer group that we're, this man group where you all can talk to one another and you can share. Um, I don't know anyone who has had their has had two family members murdered on the same day and then found them in the parking lot. So my circumstances are different. Now I know many parents more than I wish I knew um, who've lost children. And so that's helpful. I can, I can share with them and we can talk about a lot of different things and it's very helpful. Um, But I really needed to be able to write things down. The other reason I started writing is because our younger son, Lucas, was 12 at the time. And he did not want me to use Reed's name for about a year. He didn't want me to talk about Reed. He he was grieving differently than I was grieving. And I had to learn that. And so we didn't we we tried not to use Reed's name as often as I wanted to. So to talk to Reed, I would write. I would write and write and write. Um, so I did that. And then prayer has been mentioned several times. Um, I gave myself permission to be mad at God. I gave myself permission to be angry uh, for more than a few minutes. I gave myself permission to be angry for a day or angry, you know, for a period of time. But I did. I was careful to not harm myself. And I was I tried to be careful to not harm others, although I'm sure you know, we did, we, we harmed our relationships, um, here and there, and we've had to do a lot of mending. Um, but just, I was just, the biggest thing that I did to be aware was I wrote things down and I wrote prayers and I, um, put myself in a place where I was around people that were positive. So you all are talking a lot about, we mentioned positivity. Sometimes in our lives, there are people around us who are not positive and, I'll go so far as to say someone might be in your life who's toxic. And if you notice that when you're with someone, they make you feel bad and they make you feel uncomfortable or you don't feel as happy as you did when you first walked in the door or when they showed up, you might want to try to stop seeing them and having them in your circle as much. And I, there were people in my life that, um, that were keeping me in sadness and I had to figure out how to move forward. Um, and so I think it's important to notice that as well. Who's in your circle that's helping and who's in your circle that might be hurting, even though they maybe they don't intend to, but perhaps they are. Well, first of all, you can't possibly know this, but journaling is one of my absolutely favorite, favorite things. I use it for everything because when, when you journal, well, you know this, you're getting things out of your body. You can also use it for planning, for hacking wins, for the journal is like the all-purpose tool to, to figure anything out, even if it's just to kill yourself. So I love that you mentioned that. And the toxic people thing, oh my goodness. I, I, I love, love, love because you put it so just to the point there, if you find yourself feeling not as good after being someone as you were when you showed up, it's a hint. It's a huge hint. And I think a lot of people don't have that awareness, but I'm all about goal setting simplified. That's like the simplest litmus test. Do you feel better after being with people? And there, there, I'm sure some people who would have um, who are good with your sadness to keep you there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Or they, or they had their own sadness that they wanted me to help them fix. And I, I, I wasn't the right person for them to help their fix their own sadness. I was very, I was very deep (laughs) in my own sadness. And, you know, some people, their glass is half empty and some people, their glass is half full. And, and I think the half empty people, um, if they get around you when you are really trying to push forward and they're, they continue to push you back without maybe, and again, maybe they don't realize that they're doing it, but you have to realize that for yourself. You have to learn to protect yourself. And I, I learned that early and, and in the middle of my grief in the, in the early, early months, well, for probably 12 months, I could feel so much. My heart was so raw that I uh, was very cognizant about um, social settings and who I would be around and who I was willing to share my story with and who I was willing to even listen to because people in a social setting want to bring up their family and their children. And that's a normal conversation. And I had to protect myself and say, I'm not ready for that conversation with someone. And so I'm ready now. I can talk to people about that, but I had to learn at what point is, is my heart going to be okay talking to someone about their child who's Reed's age doing what he should be doing. And so give yourself permission. I tell people this a lot. Give yourself permission to remove yourself from a play, from a situation that's causing you harm. Really good sound advice. What are, what are some other um, healthcare sorts of things that I don't want to say like regular people, the people who are coming out of the pandemic and are readjusting. What are some good um, basic self-care rituals that you recommend? Howard? You want me to take that? Sure. So I I will tell you that um, try to actually set schedule in, no digital. Schedule in a walk in nature schedule walk your dog schedule in a bike ride schedule a walk with um, your wife or your family member or a friend um, or just alone Um, you need to schedule that in so you hold yourself accountable to that Um, we are um, addicted we have an addiction to our phones and to digital and um, life goes really quickly in a tweet and that's not how life is actually lived um, it's not, it's actually, nor takes you to places that uh, in a blink of an eyelash when you get the headlines, but you don't get the detailed story. And, and that's not a way that we live life. We live life of building relationships and making memories. And so that's a very key piece of advice that, um, that, uh, that, that I've used myself is drop the, uh, the, the phone and don't or turn it completely off and walk away from it for a little while, schedule that in. And it's hard to do. It's a discipline again. I I think that's, that's perfect. And that's one of the things that I tell people, especially since so much work and life is meshing together to schedule in the breaks. So, and I love how you, you took the digital out of it. Mindy, what do you think? Something to add? What was the question exactly? Because I was thinking about if I didn't have digital, I would be playing Rubby Cube or I would be playing a game. So I was thinking, okay. oh, what, what I like to schedule in game time. I like to schedule in and I love walks. I think walks are mandatory for getting out stress. Those are great exercise in general, any kind of exercise. So I'm sorry, Deborah. what was my question? I, I think you answered it accidentally, okay. but it, it was what are some more uh, practical means of self-care that that people who are just dealing with, you know, regular resilience issues Uh, can do to amp that up. So we learned, we went to, uh, my husband and I went to a, um, like a healthcare retreat um, for both of us. And we learned the importance of sleep. So uh, I struggled with sleep a lot. And sometimes I still do. And um, I don't mind sharing. I hit menopause, like a Mack truck ran over me. And so I've been started dealing with that two years ago. Uh, And so my sleep has been very difficult. I sleep four hours at a time and then I wake up and then I'm up for a while. And so anyway, we went to this retreat and they talked about sleep. So I 
try to have a ritual, just like we did with our, our children when they were little, like what you do right before you go to bed and the whole hour process, which is eliminates digital before bedtime and TV. Um, but sleep is so important for our health. Sleep, sleep, sleep. And, and my husband needs nine hours and I need seven. And I just know that if he's still sleeping, I, you know, leave him alone. I want him to get his sleep. And, um, but I need seven and he needs nine. And that's pretty mandatory. And then for me, it's exercise. And uh, I listen to my body. If my body says, get up and stand up. I have one of those desks that moves up and down. I'm sitting right now, but you know, I could be standing. So I stand a lot during the day on good shoes, you know, so I stand, I try to think about my posture and I think about standing and balancing. Um, all of those things are very important to, um, I think, maintaining a healthy self, uh, self-care. And I think it's also part of what Howard talked about, about being self-aware. You know, I listen to my body. So I was going to say, if my body says, go out and take a walk, I'll put on a hat and I'll go take a walk for 15 minutes or 30 minutes if that's all the time I have. And sometimes my body will say, you're tired. You need to rest. You need to sit down and rest. And I try to listen to myself. And I, I would venture to say that people similar to myself and Howard who have had a significant event in our lives, we understand that life, again, can be taken from you. We understand that life can be much shorter than we wanted it to be. And we take advantage of the time by being as healthy as we can, by being as healthy to ourselves as we can be. Mindy hit the nail on the head. If you're if you're sleeping, you're healing and you need there's qualities of sleep. REM sleep being the best. And um, it's you need to actually do that. Um, But there's other ways. If you if you're a yoga person or Pilates or you want to walk without your phone and go get your favorite ice cream and treat yourself to a little midday, you know, smoothie or or, uh, or, or ice cream. There's, there's lots of ways to do it. You can get creative. You, you know, you, you can find your own, your own ways and things like that. Um, and I think what you're hearing um, from us is that we've got to a place of gratitude. We've gotten to a place. I have to tell you that, um, you know, sometimes I, uh, before my quarterly scans, you know, if cancer is going to come back or not, and that we call that scanxiety, um, I don't want to lose that because I'm at a, I, I've achieved a good place of gratitude now. I, I am grateful for the second opportunity um, at being able to potentially watch my daughter walk down the aisle that was not guaranteed. Okay. Now for Mindy, that's not guaranteed for Reet and her son and then to hug her dad again. So you got different circumstances that you actually have to deal. But I've achieved a place of gratitude and it was not easy to get there. And it is like Humpty Dumpty staying up there but I am trying every day. Amazing. 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 I I keep repeating that word. It's all your fault. Thank you. Seriously. I cannot thank you both enough for coming on here and being so real and sharing your experience and your advice. And I'm going to ask you for more. So what is a good developing resilience goal? And you can choose something you said, or you can come up with something else, but I like to leave the audience with, some a couple of tangible things that they can do when they're done watching or listening or whatever to be more resilient in their life. So do you want to start us out, Mindy? Sure. So when you said that before, I, I think of what I dubbed courageous kindness. So I, I talk in my um, book, Healing a Shattered Soul. I wasn't sure what to call it when all these people came forward and did so much for us, but they were courageously kind people just, and to me that's stepping into somewhere where you feel uncomfortable. You don't know what to say. You're not sure what you're doing is going to be right or going to might hurt somebody, but you step into that zone anyway. And you, and you do an action or you say something to help someone that does end up helping them and offering them hope. So what can someone do is that they can step into courageous kindness. If they, if you know someone that is hurting for some, for some, any reason, you know, whether it's a, an illness, whether they're a caregiver and it's very stressful being a caregiver, as Howard talked about, if someone lost a family member, they lost a job, they're struggling. You know, if you feel a nudge to take an action, um, that is to me stepping into and through courageous kindness. And so I would, I would recommend that people really do act on that intuition that we tend to have as humans. As humans, we want to help one another. We want to grieve with one another. 
We want to share grief with someone and help help take that burden off of them. And to me, that is an act of courageous kindness, which is a building block for resilience. I love that. And if you don't know what to do, just send them some paper products because that's, that's, that's this is now like the go-to gift. You don't know what to give to someone, send them some plastic cutlery. Because right. they're going to need it. Mindy, your butterfly is flying because courageous kindness. Deb, I don't I don't get to hand out gold stars like you, but I'm giving oh, Mindy extra okay, gold yeah. stars for courageous kindness. I, I have to tell you, that is so powerful. I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, that was like to me, it's hitting me really hard. But I'm going to put on my shining brightly glasses right now because um, this is um, everyone, you know, has the ability and can summon the strength to shine brightly a little bit each day to make the world a better place. And we can do it. It's in you. Do you want to do it? Can you do it? Yes, you can. And so we can shine brightly and um, and and make this world a better place for yourself, being selfish, and for others, and especially the ones close to you that you need to keep those relationships and and keep uh, nourishing that uh, that as well. And I have a lot of work to do on on all fronts, but uh, uh, I think that uh, that mantra uh, can help. This is fantastic. So is, and I hope I'm defining it well. So shining brightly is just being like a beacon of light or hope for someone else. Yes, that's okay. one of the definitions of it. But you know, we're, we're you know, it, it depends if if you're if you're uh, uh, if you're religious, we're supposed to walk in the image of God and shine, and, and we're supposed to be the shining light onto the nation and um, and and heal this broken world, and and we can do that. So. Uh, you know what? Being kind, this courageous kindness is, is a great step in the way. Um, and uh, be nice to yourself and be nice to others. It, it, it makes a difference. And I then you'll become resilient. You'll build it. You'll and you'll carry it forward. That torch will light. And if we it really comes back and this theme is in a lot of these conversations. It's the self-awareness, you know, see what you need, see how you can help and how you can give but also receiving is also giving. So there's that whole love is letting go of fear, giving, receiving you thing. Um, but really know thyself and be compassionate and kind to those around you and maybe amp it up a little bit because people could use a little extra and then it makes you feel good. So it's like win, 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 right? Yes. Giving, giving and receiving courageous kindness is healing. It's healing. It's healing as a giver and it's healing as a receiver. Put hope and paying it forward that it, it, it's it's amazing how that can energize you. And, um, you know, I, I you hear about the stories of people that uh, paid for the toll in front of you or bought the cup of coffee for the next three people in line. Those are the greatest stories. Those little small acts, um, you know, the people that made us dinners, uh, Mindy, you brought paper products or, uh, you know, took my daughter to, to soccer. Um, those little things matter. Right. They matter. So tell me, where can people discover more about you, connect with you. Let's start with you, Howard. <clears throat> well, being that my book, Shining Brightly, is not available yet, and uh, we'll talk to our publisher, David Crum and John Heil uh, at the front end publishing, uh, see if they can speed that up. But October, it looks like, for a launch uh, pre-sales date, uh, I will have a website, shiningbrightly.life. But LinkedIn's a great place. Um, uh, please link in with me, um, and I'd be glad to uh, to talk more and continue the conversation. And uh, uh it's uh, it's awesome to be here and share. Well, it's awesome to have you here. And Mindy, where can people find you? Thank you, Deborah. Uh, MindyCorporan.com. And you've done a great job, yes, of posting that. So it's just my name, MindyCorporan.com. I'm an author, uh, a thought leader, a podcast. I podcast as well. And um, my podcast is called Real Grief, Real Healing. So talking about being authentic, I I ask people to share how they got into what was their grief situation. And then we turn that on to um, how did they heal? So you can find all of that on my website. Wonderful. And uh, for anybody who's watching, listening, doesn't know me, um, I'm at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can go to thedebmethod.com slash blog for the recap of this. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Final thought, Mindy. Final thought, Howard. And then we will wrap. So Mindy, go. I would say I named my book Healing a Shattered Soul because I will never be completely healed. And I have given myself permission to know that I am always in a healing process. And so 
Um, there's a lot of time. There are a lot of times we need to give ourselves permission for things. So give yourself permission to keep processing your healing, whatever that is. Love it. And Howard's final thought. Sure. That resilience can be stripped down. It can be built back up. And um, I like to have a little acronym called PACE, positive attitude can change everything. And um, I keep uh, getting inspired more and more. And that inspiration is my fuel. And you two have both inspired me today. So I thank you. Well, thank you again. (laughs) Thank you for your thanks. But thank you both for sharing your, your stories, your recommendations, your heart today with me. And for those who are tuning in, Um, Mindy Howard, I wish you continued healing and just fulfilled, wonderful lives. And to those of you who are watching, you can be resilient. We've got your back. Just go on out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.